This is an AMI podcast. I'm Joyita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. I sometimes feel I own a mystifying amount of beauty products. Day cream, night cream, sunscreen, eye cream, lip cream, hand lotion, body lotion, foot cream, and we haven't even talked about hair products and makeup. Honestly, I don't think I'm unusual. Most people own a cluster of tubes and bottles, jars and tubs. And if you're visually impaired, like I am, you probably have some awkward but entirely personalized system to tell all these things apart. Pieces of tape, rubber bands, and that all-important trick, putting something back exactly where you picked it up. Clearly, people who are blind are interested in fashion and makeup, so it remains puzzling that major beauty and cosmetic brands have not been more proactive in making their packaging and products accessible. Today, we discuss accessible beauty. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. And welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Joyita Gupta. Really excited about today's show. It's true, I own a lot of makeup. And I own a lot of beauty products that go along with it. So all I can say is, folks, buckle in and get your glam on. My guest today is Victoria Watt, who is the founder of Victoria Land Beauty, a company that specializes in natural beauty and products, but is also known for making accessible beauty products. And she joins us today from St. Augustine, Florida. Victoria, welcome to The Pulse. Very excited to have you on the program to talk some makeup. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about Victoria Land Beauty. What is the mission of your company and how did it all get started? Sure. Well, Victoria Land um, Beauty was conceived out of a personal need that I had uh, about 10 years ago. I was unable to find natural skincare products that worked for the skin conditions I had at the time. And so it was extremely frustrating as a consumer not being able to, you know, make sense of all of the products that are out there. And back then there was a real lack of transparency, which was also very frustrating. So I took matters into my own hands and started mixing and blending ingredients uh, that I thought would address some of my skin con- concerns at the time. And I discovered very quickly the power of natural, good quality ingredients and mm-hmm. um, decided that I wanted to share that with others. Um, during that journey of, of starting Victoria Land, um, you know, I, due to some life-changing events after the birth of my son um, with a visual impairment, I quickly uh, switched gears. In what way did you switch gears? I mean, what is it about uh, a son with a visual impairment that made you, dare I say it, look at your company differently? Well, you know, when when Cyrus was born um, and he was he was diagnosed with his genetic eye disease, we, I didn't know much about blindness. In fact, I didn't know anything about blindness. And to be quite, you know, frank, I never really thought about the blind community. Um, I think that you know it's when you're personally impacted by it, um, obviously you're going to, you know, think about things that perhaps you didn't think about before. So once I started to really understand um, the blind community and also the daily challenges that they face, 
uh, specifically um, navigating in a world of consumer packaged goods that have been packaged for the sighted world, um, I quickly realized that, you know, there's a, a need out there for accessible packaging. And, you know, there's a huge community that has been essentially ignored when it comes to consumer packaged goods. Yeah, and I wanted like to change me. that as, as a, yes, as a company, I, you know, I was starting this brand and I looked at my brand and thought, you know what, this needs to change and I can start here. So that okay. began my journey. So you say you, you saw a need and then you wanted to fill that need. How did you go about making your products accessible for people who are blind or visually impaired? Well, you know, when I first um, discovered this need and started on this journey, my first thought was Braille, of course. Um, mm -hmm. and, but when I started to research Braille and started to understand, you know, who had Braille in their packaging and, you know, understanding it a little bit more, I quickly realized that although Braille is a beautiful language, uh, my son is learning it, you know, for literacy and so are my husband and I, but only 10% of the visually impaired population read Braille. And that was something, of course, I didn't know, but finding that out was really surprising to me. I just kind of assumed that everybody that was visually impaired knew how to read Braille. So that was a really eye-opening experience um, or discovery, rather, for me. And then I also, you know, been talking with different uh, contract manufacturers, understood there's a lot of space restrictions on packaging. And that's also another reason why Braille is not, the answer um, for accessible packaging. And so once I realized, came to that conclusion, I thought, well, what if we, what if I create this universal symbol system that everybody can benefit from in this, mm. and specifically the visually impaired consumer uh, for my product line? So that started a two year journey of working alongside um, the Lighthouse organization, which is a, um, uh, an organization that supports the visually impaired in my, in my local town at their chapter working alongside them to really understand the challenges when it comes to product packaging. You know, mm -hmm. being a sighted person, I can only assume, you know, what the needs are. So it's really, really important to really understand what the challenges are so that I could address that, you know, as I was developing this universal symbol system. Well, you mustn't keep us in suspense. So you've got a universal symbol system. Mm -hmm. What symbol stands for what? Sure. Well, we have a total of um, four symbols currently on the market, uh, hopefully three more launching next year. So we have a, our face oil is the, an oil drop. It's the outline of an oil drop. So the idea was behind this was to come up with symbols that made sense for the products that they were representing and to also mm -hmm. make the symbols broad enough because then you know, it would have too many symbols. So oil droplet uh, symbolizes face oil. A crescent moon symbolizes a nighttime cream or treatment, just a nighttime product. Uh, a wave uh, signifies moisture, a face moisturizer. And mm -hmm. we have a upside down triangle, which can be either an eye cream or an eye and lip cream. In this case, it's an eye and lip cream because we have a dual product. Mm -hmm. That's really smart. I like it. It's simple, it's effective, and I'm assuming it's tactile. So are these products oh, yeah. raised on the bottles and jars that you have? Yes, they are raised um, on the caps of all the, of, of the four products. So again, in, an air, in a location that would be easy for someone with a visual impairment if it was in their drawer to be able to you know, put their hand down and feel the tactile symbol to know which product they're picking up. 
Uh, and another really cool piece of, of this universal system is, you know, in working alongside with the visually impaired, impaired for those two years, understanding the importance of QR codes and UPC codes for scanning information. Again, something I didn't under, I didn't know beforehand. Um, so we ended up incorporating raised QR codes on our cartons because it's not only about making the product accessible um, to use and identifiable, but it's also about making the information about the product accessible as well. So all of the information that is on a carton, which by the way, the print is super small. I even have a hard time reading it if you want me to be honest, um, is in this QR code. So when you scan the QR code, it plays an audio message with all of the information that's on the carton, all of that information a consumer would want to know before deciding on whether or not to buy the product. So it's very important that we had both elements. I can imagine that for anyone who's visually impaired, who has either consulted on or used some of your products, I bet they're really happy about the changes that you made to packaging. But I am, I'm, I'm going on a bit of a limb here, but I have seen a number of small business owners go to farmers markets and go to trade shows and other places where they interact with the general public and try to display and sell their products. Plus, I'm sure you have a website as well. For people who are not visually impaired, when they encounter your message around making products and packaging accessible for people who are blind, what sort of a reaction do you get? Do people wake up and say, oh, I never even thought about that? Every single time, every single time I talk about it, I speak about it, I pitch about it, present, it's the same reaction. Wow, I never thought about this before. This is great. This makes so much sense. Why aren't we doing this? Why is our consumer packaged goods companies not doing this? So it's always the same response. I'm Joita Gupta, and my guest today is Victoria Watt, who is the founder of Victoria Land Beauty. She joins us today to talk about her company and her mission to provide beauty products that are fully accessible to people who are visually impaired. So, Victoria, on the break, uh, we got into a bit of a discussion with Nisreen, our technical producer here, who loves makeup, probably loves makeup more than I do, to be honest, and is very good at it, too. And she said that she is absolutely obsessed with eyeliner wings and trying to figure out, and I've had this this issue as well, trying to figure out the right shade of foundation. Often I'll go to a store and I'll say to the, the you know, the, the, the esthetician or the, the person at the counter, can you help me pick out a shade? And so I'm not really making a decision about the shade of foundation uh, that I'm putting on my face. I'm basically relegating that decision to somebody else. I know that cosmetics isn't really your area of expertise, but do you have some thoughts about how we might create a system to make cosmetics, things like blushers and eyeliners and pencils and foundations, how to make those things accessible to people who are visually impaired? Yeah, I mean, some suggestions, you know, off the top of my head is, you know, uh, if I'm understanding the question correctly about the eyeliner, you know, how to apply that winged eyeliner look. I mean, there's an opportunity here to utilize technology like QR codes and maybe have these QR codes when you scan them uh, they're attached to a tutorial video on YouTube that can explain <clears throat> to the consumer how to do it. Because um, obviously that would be something that would be instructional. In terms of foundation, I think that's an excellent point. And, and again, not something I've ever thought about being a sighted person. But yes, that's a very important consideration. And again, I think going back to technology, I think we have the technology there 
to assist in that um, shade process. So, you know, you spent two years and I'm actually amazed because one doesn't hear or, or learn about your research process when they look at the website. It's something you really have to talk to Victoria about. You spent two years consulting about your products, thinking about what worked and what didn't work. And that was you starting up a new business. You think about all the big brands out there with so much money at their at their disposable, large budgets, research and development teams, you name it. Why is it that they haven't been able to really come up with a satisfactory answer to make their products accessible? And I'll, and I'll, I'll be fair, there's a, there's a couple of brands that have done a few things, but there's nothing really out there that I would say, yes, this is the gold standard in terms of accessibility for people who are visually impaired. I think the biggest problem is that I think brands want to be inclusive. I think they do want to, you know, reach the visually impaired audience. But I think the problem has been is no one has been able to figure out how to do it um, while also capturing a broader audience. In a lot of my discussions with brands and over the past couple of years, you know, a lot of people think when you're designing, your packaging is accessible and you're designing it for the visually impaired, you're just targeting a very small niche. And what I'm saying is no, when you when you use the concept of universal design, so universal design and accessible design are, are different. When you use the concept of universal design and you, when you design for disability first, you ultimately create a design that's better for everyone. And that was key in developing the system, was how do I develop it so that it's accessible for the visually impaired consumer, which I'm trying to reach, but it's also attractive to other brands and their core consumer base. And that was the mm. trick. And that, in my opinion, is why Braille hasn't been successful, which is why mm. it hasn't been adopted by, you know, brands across the board, because that targets a, a smaller specific market. And, you know, like most companies, people want to make money. It's all about the bottom line, unfortunately. But that's just the way it is. <laughs> um, you mentioned a couple of terms there, accessible versus universal design. Uh, there are concepts that people often think about in relation to build spaces and environments, not so much in relation to makeup. Can you take, can you talk us through the, the difference between accessible design versus universal design and makeup products? Sure. So an example of accessible design is a, is a brand that would put Braille on their packaging. It's accessible mm -hmm. to the visually impaired, but it's only, it's targeting a very small market in compared to the sighted consumer. Okay, so that is an example of accessible design. Universal design, on the other hand, is similar to what is what I did with the universal symbol system and the QR code technology, because that system not only makes the products accessible to someone with a visual impairment for them to be able to identify it, access information, et cetera, but it also creates a better experience for the sighted consumer. I mean, I'm a sighted person, but when I don't have my contacts in, I can't go in the shower because I can't see anything. I can't distinguish between a shampoo and a conditioner. And, mm -hmm. you know, we currently have 2.2 billion people with some form of severe to moderate visual impairment. That doesn't include my son. That doesn't include you. That includes people like me that wear contacts and, and glasses. So that's a big number. And this system also helps the sighted consumer and with the ease and convenience of product information really just accessible in the palm of your hand, it also creates a better experience. 
And one other thing I recently discovered, which I was thrilled about, um, was a visually impaired uh, customer that reached out to me and said, you know, this symbol system, universal symbol system is great because when I'm traveling to a foreign country and, um, you know, can't understand the language, having a universal symbol, I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about translating. And that's honestly to, was something I didn't think about, but w- another great benefit of this universal, universally designed packaging, this universal symbol system. One of the complaints that I have about smartphones and, you know, the accessibility features on smartphones is if you use a Samsung, you get something else. If you go to an Apple phone, the system is completely different. And so are you also hopeful in terms of your system that there will be a broader application of that system, that it it will truly be universal, that irrespective of the brand, people will adopt some kind of a general standard so that a person with a disability isn't trying to figure out the system for L'Occitane versus the system for Victoria Land versus the system for somebody else. Yes, and, and the whole idea is to make this a universal symbol system that everybody uses because it, it, it's not going to work otherwise. Everyone has to have the same symbol Everyone has, on their face oil, on their moisturizer for this to work. It's essentially creating a new way of a new communication language um, for the you know, 21st century. So it has, to, everyone, it has to be the same system for it to be, to have the effect of you know, giving the independence to people Um, that rightly should have it, and making products accessible to everyone. You know, it's not my point of view, but I'm sure there might be a school of thought out there that says, if you're a person with a disability, you have way bigger problems, uh, rather than, you know, focusing on making makeup accessible and cosmetics accessible. Why not focus on housing, employment, barriers to transportation, do you how do you respond to people who might say you know what this is a non-issue for for people with disabilities because there is so much more that they could be working on instead well i would say to that person they don't know much about people with disabilities number one (laughs) secondly i would say you know taking care of yourself washing your face taking a shower putting on makeup getting dressed you know Caring about how you look is an important sense of self. And regardless of what your disability is or whether or not you have a disability, it's all of the same. We are all people with the same wants, the same needs. And, you know, it's frustrating, you know, when you hear things like that because, you know, I, they are, you, everyone is the same. It doesn't matter whether mm-hmm. you can see or not. And they should be treated the same and have the same, the equal accessibility that everyone else has, regardless. Mm And it's almost the small things that make a big difference. Like even if you take the argument that yes, it's a relatively small thing, uh, there's no reason why people with disabilities shouldn't have access even in the small things in life, just as they should for the big things in life. Uh, one of the things you said earlier, just right off the top of the conversation, piqued my interest about making your own uh, products because you were having trouble. Now I have notoriously sensitive skin notoriously sensitive skin. So tell us a little bit about some of the ingredients that you're using in your products, because like you, I've come to, through trial and experiment, learn the value of natural products and hopefully locally sourced products as well. So give us an idea of what goes into your creams and lotions and and face oil. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously clean ingredients are very on trend right now. There's lots of clean um, beauty brand um, options out there. 
One thing that was really important, um, you know, was that our products are certified natural. You know, in the United States, we don't have a lot of regulation. Uh, you can say whatever, really, whatever you want, more or less, on packaging without having to back it up with with testing, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. That needs a big over. That needs a big change as well. But um, so it was very important for me to make sure that the our products were certified natural, that all of our ingredients were ethically sourced, and so when I was looking at you know ingredients to include in my product line, I had a lot of issues with hyperpigmentation. Uh, so a lot of like dark spots and even um, skin tone. And so I really looked for natural ingredients that could help lighten and brighten my skin. So rosehip seed oil is, I love that ingredient. I feel like that ingredient was so powerful in helping to really even out my skin tone. So that's, that ingredient is in uh, two of my products. Um, mm-hmm. I also, you know, the power and benefit of essential oil blends, you know, having incorporating those, there's so many amazing benefits uh, to those as well. And also um, CBD. So CBD is a very vegan and cruelty free because that's, Mm. you know, it's very uh, excellent for your, not only for you to take, um, you know, for pain management and, Mm -hmm. you know, calming purposes, but it's amazing for your skin. And it tackles inflammation and inflammation is what causes the signs of aging. So it's an amazing ingredient. So um, that was important that I was able to incorporate that um, that ingredient as well. And we have about three minutes left. So I'm going to try and squeeze in a slightly controversial question and an all important question. Here's the controversy. So as I told you off the top of the program, I own and you heard like I own a ton of these different creams for faces and hands and feet and whatnot. Now, my husband thinks that I am the victim of the world's most elaborate marketing scam, because in his view, all of those products are basically the same cream put into different bottles. Who's right? Well, there's a. I would say there's some truth to that. I'm not gonna, I, I definitely would say that. You know, you have a lot of private label. You have a lot of private label uh, brands out there that are using similar formulas formulas to other brands. So yeah, you do see that. I think there's, he's partly right, but there also are a lot of really great brands out there that, you know, are using uh, ingredients that are you know very effective for certain skin conditions. So I mm-hmm. think that needs to be recognized. But I think he's, I think he's partly right. But I'm partly right too, right? (laughs) Um, Yes, you are partly right. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, as long as I'm not entirely wrong. In a few minutes that we've got left, uh, the most important question, do you ship to Canada? We will in about a week and a half. (laughs) Amazing. Can you tell us about your website and your social media so we can go and check out some of your products? Absolutely. Um, our website, uh, you can find more information about Victoria Land and the Cyrus system, uh, the Raised Universal Symbol system at victorialandbeauty.com. And of course, follow us on social on Instagram at, at Victoria Land Beauty, as well as Facebook. And we are also on Twitter as well. Victoria, thank you very much. It's been a really fun conversation, but also a very enlightening conversation. Thanks a lot for speaking to us today. Well, thanks again for having me. 
That was Victoria Watt, who is the founder of Victoria Land Beauty, and she joined us today from Florida to talk about her brand and her passion for making accessible beauty products. If you missed any of our conversation, you can find the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. I'd like to thank Victoria for being on the program today. Our technical producer is Nisreen Abdul-Majid, who, as you heard, loves makeup. Andy Frank is the manager for AMI Audio. Paula Deneen is our technical supervisor. Thanks a lot for listening. Stay safe and have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.